Can you turn down the music? Please address me by my full name. What? My full name! Oh my god, okay, Will the Wise, can you please turn down the music? That is not music. That is the sound of destiny. I have seen into the future, and I've seen that today is a new day. A day free of girls. You have said on podcast. This is Ash. This is Tori. And guys, today is not a day free of girls, but it is a day where we answer the burning question that you have all wanted to know. Tori, what do you think of Joe Carey's new bowl I cut? I am upset. Um, no, a lot of people, a lot of people are pretty upset. I've seen it all over Twitter and like Instagram and stuff. And people are like, what has he done? Why did he do this? He looks like those dudes from Oasis. He, oh my God, no, he doesn't. He just, it just looks like it's not even good bangs. Like, I don't know who allowed him to do that. Like, why would they let him do that? Where was his girlfriend? Also, I heard something. I was watching some interview on, on YouTube or something. And they were saying that they have like really strict guidelines on how they're allowed to do their hair in between the shows. I mean, I guess since his hair grows really fast, they don't really care. But, like, Dacre, he had to get, like, specific instructions on how he was allowed to cut his hair, like, before season two. And so I was wondering, like, is Joe Curie going to be in season four? Like, what's going on? Maybe he's going to have short hair. Oh, no. I'd kill myself. I really would. <laughs> Maybe he's going to have a wig. Oh, no. So what is that? Is that a yes or a that's no? A, that's a no. <laughs> like, I give it a zero. Like, the lowest rating I could give it. I love him, but that was, oh, God, it's so bad. And he had, like, a little thin mustache going. Yeah, the mustache, whatever. But, like, the bangs were PC. It was, like, half of a bang. Look, he's trying for something new. So let's move on. As you guys have seen, Tori and I and Kilby went to Dragon Con, and we got to meet Shannon, which was pretty cool. Tori and I have met her before, but it was fun having Kilby meet her. Kilby was like, she's so tall. She is really tall for anyone who hasn't met her in person. We also got to meet Mark Steger, who plays the Demogorgon in season one. I think only season one, but he was rad. It was really cool to meet him. He was actually supposed to be going to a panel, but he was just like, we were standing there waiting for Barb, and she wasn't there, and he was like, you know what? guys just come on over and Kilby says she wasn't scared but she was scared she was definitely scared he had photos in the back of all the different monsters that he's played in movies and she would not go to his table initially but then she finally went up and it was pretty fun we also got to meet Carrie which you guys will hear Kilby talk about a little bit at the end of the episode but he couldn't have been nicer to her and Tori is he still dreamy oh yeah for sure (laughs) I mean like this is the second time we're meeting him and he's he might even be dreamier like I'm not sure I I can't He's a 56-year-old man, and yeah. I don't know what he puts on his skin, but it is, like, the nicest, most that's when you get. That's skin. how you age when you're unproblematic, and that's just a fact. <laughs> when you're that unproblematic, and you're, like, you just age gracefully. He has a con outfit that he always wears. If you notice that, oh, it's, yeah, like, his jeans, his black, black shirt, shirt, and his black leather jacket. Yeah. But he was really fun. He actually got down on the floor and sat with Kilby, and she's going to tell you all about that at the end of the episode, so stay tuned. I also got the chance to go to a really cool panel. It was a women in film panel, and I went to it at the very last minute. But they were basically speaking to different people that work in film and television in Atlanta that are women. And they talked to someone who was like a location scout for The Wire, and they talked to a props master who did different shows. She actually worked on Stranger Things for a couple of episodes. And I was most excited to hear from Jess Royal, who is the set decorator for Stranger things and she had a really interesting story you know people are always saying how do you get into film and television and she was a lawyer and I guess a few years ago whenever that movie Revolution Road or Revolutionary Road what is it with uh no idea Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet sure 
I think so. Yeah, that was them teaming up since Titanic. Yeah. But she was watching a behind-the-scenes film on them, and she was like, wow. She was really intrigued by how they were doing the set design, and she was like, I think I want to do that. And she just started doing it, and it's like, that's cool. But she told a lot of really cool stories. One of my favorite that she talked about was she was saying that the Duffer brothers were really into practical effects. And for those of you that don't know what that means, some of them, you know, they're CGI effects, and some of them are actual effects that they're trying to do. So, for example, they wanted a scene, which I guess they never used, where a hammer was thrown at a television and it broke the TV. And the props master was saying, but that doesn't happen. And a hammer is not going to break a 1980s television set. They're just so thick. And so that's what a practical effect meant. She said that the Duffers were really into that, and especially in season one. And I guess they had to move into more CGI as they went forward with their bigger ideas. But it was really, really cool talking to her. She was really lovely. And she just, and she had all of these really cool photos that she had taken of set dressing for Stranger Things and I tried to take a couple pictures of them but it just didn't do it justice Uh, I'm hoping she'll be on the podcast she was saying that she might so look forward to that hopefully that will happen so let's go ahead and get into chapter three the case of the missing lifeguard this episode is really interesting because it is all about teams of people getting together to do missions so we've got Rob and Dustin and Steve and they're trying to find the Russians after Robin cracks the code we've got Max and Elle they're on a mission they're looking for Billy and for Heather we've got Mike and Lucas they're out looking for will once they have the fight with him we have joyce and hopper and they're trying to find like what's causing the magnets and they're on their search at at hawkins lab and we have jonathan and nancy who are trying to find out what's happening with the rats and mrs driscoll so the episode starts on the exterior of hopper's cabin and we move in and it's max and l they're having some girl time and max is singing you must be an angel do 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 from madonna oh i love that song i do have to sing every time the fans expect it and l is reading super teen which i thought when i saw that i was like oh that's funny they're doing a remake of like six sweet 16 or whatever those magazines are but yeah oh there you go but i actually looked it up and that is a a real real magazine magazine. yeah and you can actually buy them there's people selling them online on ebay like pristine copies that you can buy for like 20 bucks i was thinking that was kind of cool too but then i was like why would i order that what would i do with it um but on the cover we've got ricky schroeder who was from that show silver spoons we've got ralph macchio who we met guys just met him we just met him amazing so sweet uh he still looks like he is a young lad he looks so how are these guys and they're like 56 years old they're and they look so young. They're unproblematic, Ashley. When you're unproblematic, <laughs> you age gracefully. It's just a fact. Uh, we met him and of course we met William Zabka who is the evil guy in Cobra Aww, Kai. He was that. amazing. He was really Aww, fun. the sweetest ever. Uh, we, and on the cover was also Rob Lowe. So she's reading that and she opens it uh, to Ralph Macchio and um, it's funny because he's 57 now but when this cover came out he was 23 and he was, he just looks so young. I couldn't even believe it. And I said to him, I said, it's so surreal standing here with you and he was like, how do you think I feel? <laughs> um, but he was so cool. And she says, oh, Max looks at her and she goes, oh, you found Ralph Macchio. Was Ralph Macchio considered a hottie patati? Oh, for sh- <laughs> sure. Dude, he still is. Come on. <laughs> I don't mean like. Eh, eh. Come on the podcast. We love you. You know what was weird was they had things at the con where they would talk to like fans on audio. And I was saying to Tori when we were standing in the line, I was like, oh, man, they do audio. It's too bad they're not affiliated with Stranger Things. We could get some audio for it right. and then I was watching this episode and I was like oh my god yeah, I could have asked Ralph really Macchio I was so upset with myself I was like oh but if you ever get on a uh, Cobra Kai maybe yeah. we can ask him guys should, should Tori be on Cobra Kai absolutely would not go up and ask him to be on our <laughs> podcast there's no way absolutely no way oh you would 
It would happen. I would have oh, to make sure. It would not. <laughs> so and Max and Ella are sitting on the bed and they're talking about boys. And Max leans over and she's like, is Mike a good kisser? Gross. And Eleven's like, I don't know. He's my first Why boyfriend. Because she says it's so weird. Have you listened to that part? She says it very. I thought she was sick for I a minute when I heard it. Ba- <sighs> never mind. Never mind. Well, it's just <laughs> moving on. <laughs> we cannot talk about <laughs> your. <laughs> no, she's fantastic. So they decide that they're going to use Elle's power to spy on the boys, which is funny because Max knows that Eleven has these powers, but they've never actually used them before. Well, I guess they're just now becoming like BFFs. Yeah, that's true. So they go into the void, and Eleven sees. Mike and he's on the couch and he's eating Doritos and I loved seeing that old Doritos bag. Yeah. Um, that's another thing that Jess Royal, the set director writer, said is that it's really hard to find items like the Three Musketeers bar or the Doritos because she says that you can't do just one prop. She's like, when you buy these things, you have to buy in bulk. And the prop master was saying this as well. And so when there is an item where they need like one thing of Doritos or whatever, a lot of times what they'll do is she said they've become masters of recreating creating packaging yeah because she's like when we did the grocery stores she was like we can't find those items in bulk she's like you might find one Prell shampoo or you might find one box of chocolate pudding and she's like but you're not gonna find 20 to 40 to 50 and she's like and that's what you need so she's like we've become masters of recreating those pieces and she said what they also do is they reach out to the companies and the companies kind of like give them the original file so that they can print them authentically and I was like that's rad that's really amazing I guess that's great advertising for you or for them like um in one of the episodes, I can't remember which one it is. It might be this episode where the girls come up to Steve and they're asking him for ice cream and the one girl has the Purdue shirt on. Yeah, they're selling that shirt now. Yeah, it's like, well, they're not selling it yet, but Purdue well, said that they're going to gonna try to recreate it just because of the show. They were yeah. like, we're going into mass production because people want that shirt. And I was like, that's pretty cool. But so the girls start spying on them when we see Mike and he's on the couch eating those Doritos and he's talking about, what did I do? And then they start like burping and farting and poor Will is just in the background trying to set up that D&D game. It was like like 6 a.m. when I was watching this. I was like, oh my God, can we get to a different scene? Please, I'm begging. I thought it was kind of funny at first when they were like burping, but then when they had like Lucas crank his leg up like to do a fart, I was like, what? Gross. Is that what boys do when they hang out together? No, they like burp I'm, and fart I'm with each other? they don't. I just, I don't know how. But boys I, or men out there who were boys? No, I, we don't want to know this. I don't need to know all your business. <laughs> do were not contact you farting us. with your Stop. friends? <laughs> so that goes to Hopper and Hopper pulls up and he's drunk because if you guys will remember in the last episode he's been stood up by Joyce so he thinks so he's drunk on his chianti and he's <laughs> and he pulls up and he's so mad and he goes into the house and he sees that Eleven's door is closed and he thinks oh no she's in there smooching on Mike so he's like no no and I love this scene when he throws open the door how Max is just kind of Did like knock yeah like Max is perfect like Sadie is doing the perfect teenager like it's just very I don't know and it's kind of funny how Elle is like yeah like it's just kind of cool how she's trying to take it on I thought that scene was played really well the two of them together was really cool um but he's super happy because he's like oh Isn't it like daytime though why is he still drunk no it's nighttime oh, okay just making sure it, I think I it's continuing remember. from the night before okay. like they're just continuing it and they're moving into the night like okay. but so he's happy and he like turns on his music and he's like do 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 and he like pulls up on his lazy boy chair cracks open a beer and he puts on some I don't know magnum I can only imagine so we go back to 11 and max and they're back in the room and they make this spin the what is it called spin the bottle 
Yeah. Where they're going to try to determine, like, who is Eleven going to spy on next? First of all, this is terrible because Max has to see that every time Eleven uses her powers, her nose She's is bleeding. Sick. <laughs> yeah, I know. But the thing that I think is interesting is I was reading the names that are on the spin the bottle chart. And I did this after they did the first one and it lands on Mr. Wheeler. And they're like, no, too boring. And I was like, well, why'd you put him on yeah, the list? Exactly. You guys made the list. And so the names on the list were Dustin, Mr. Clark, Billy, Mrs. Wheeler, Mr. Wheeler, Nancy, and Steve. And I was like, those are your options those are those are who you guys want to spy on why wouldn't it be like Ralph Macchio um I don't know I just thought it was interesting it's like why do you care that it hit Mr. Wheeler you guys put Mr. Wheeler on the list list, so they spin it again and it hits Billy and uh, Max tries to give Eleven you know or Elle the lowdown that you know if he's with a girl and she's making sounds like back away and Eleven goes into the void and we see Billy and he's you know you see his back and it's the scene where he is talking to Heather the lifeguard where he's telling her like don't worry because the thing is about to come suck her face and Eleven realizes is something bad is happening and he turns around and this is where he kind of like sees her Makes contact. it's where he realizes like she somehow is like connecting with him and then it goes into the credits we go and there's a storm and what I think is funny about this is that it starts off with like these clouds and it's raining and it's windy and there's Ted Wheeler outside mowing his lawn him. he's trying to provide <laughs> for his family actually you can't mow your lawn when the grass is wet yeah what yeah, you can. On in a crappy 1980s lawnmower? I don't I think so. Let him live his life. He can't even mow the lawn. He's like holding on to his hat. His rain jacket's blowing away. And this is where we hear the music and it's Will the Wise and he comes in and he's like, please address me by my full name. And I love this costume. I think that Noah does such a good job here. It's really funny. And I love when he goes, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> so then Mike and Lucas are kind of looking at Will and they're just like, they're tired. I guess they've been up all night talking yeah. about Max and Elle. And, you know, Will's just not having it. Will is like, I want a day free of girls. And then we switch over to Hopper and he's taking a shower and he's getting ready. He's like, have you noticed in this episode, he does this a lot. So Hopper will be taking a shower and he'll be getting ready. And he just starts putting on his clothes. Yeah, he just starts putting clothes on his wet body. And it's so gross. And he does it at first because he's gotten out of the shower and he's kind of towel drying off when Joyce comes in and she starts talking about like the magnet. So it's like, okay, that makes sense. Like he puts a shirt on quickly because she's coming in. But he did it in the first season too. I think he probably did it in the second season. Well, he does it again right in this episode. Like he leaves. So, well, okay. So basically Joyce shows up and she's talking about the magnets and he's being jealous and he's he's saying oh you know like you didn't meet me at Enzo's or whatever Scott Clark yeah and she's like hanging out with Scott and he's like Scott your son's science teacher that part's really funny I know that there was an actress um I'm not gonna say her name but you guys know who she is and she came out saying that if there was ever a man who treated you the way that Hopper treats Joyce in this scene that you should not be with him that he's so jealous and he's rage but like and I guess that in reality that would be true but like you can tell that this moment is supposed to be silly. Also, it's this show to... is not real. There are giant alien monsters coming after humans. I don't really think that's the important part. Well, even if you're connecting with it and you're trying to say that, because they do connect with certain things, like yeah. in reality, like it's obviously supposed to be funny. Like he's like, oh, look, yeah. like he's checking his watch, but he doesn't have a watch on. Yeah. He's just like pointing to his wrist, like say seven, seven o'clock. It, it, I think it's played for comedy. Yeah. Um, maybe, I guess, depending on your life experiences, you would take certain scenes different ways but I I thought the scene was supposed to be played for comedy and I thought it was funny and so I like he goes back into the room and Joyce is like you know I'm going back and she dips out and then he takes his like um police shirt off and you're like oh now he's gonna dry off and he doesn't he just puts his shirt
turn right back over his wet body. Ugh. It's like, how are That's you? The, you got a towel, bro. Use your towel. Terrible. Yeah, it's it was gross. Probably everybody is like, nobody noticed that. Yeah. We noticed oh, it we every noticed time we watched. That's like my biggest pet peeve. <laughs> it's so gross. It's like, just dab some of that sweat off your cheek. Right. You got a towel right there. And so, you know, Joyce steams off. She's like, I'm going, or she storms off. She's like, I'm going to Hawkins. I'm going to figure this out. So after Joyce storms off, we go back to Max and Elle, and they're on a journey. Like, everyone in this episode is on, like, a mission. They're trying to find stuff. And, you know, Elle is trying to prove to Max what I saw was real. I think that Billy is doing something shady. And Max is like, look, Billy does some shady stuff, but, like, I don't think he's doing what you think. So they go to Max's house, and they're going to check it out. And Billy's car isn't there. So Max is like, do you really want to do this? And they go, and, you know, Elle's like, yes. It's gross because they open his drawers, and he has, like, porn magazines in there. And Sadie's like, or Max is like, gag me with a spoon. But the thing I thought was funny was the title on the porn magazine. Did I pause it to read what it was? Ew, yes, I did. Gross, Ashley. It was called The Professor and the Prostitute. Ew, what? <laughs> I was like, what? Love. So then they go into the bathroom and it's got the like plastic bags and it's filled with ice. So Eleven knows that he likes it cold. So she's a little bit worried. And Sadie or Max's character is still like, no, nah, he's just, he's working out. Like, is that what you do when you work out? I don't work out. Yeah, to that you take ice baths after like. With a- that many bags of ice? Yeah. Like, there was like 15 bags of ice, plastic well, bags. Maybe not that many, there but, I, but I could understand like how Max would think that he's just working out because that's like a good, good way to like. Really it's interesting that pain. Max is trying to defend Billy. Like she's trying to find, even though she hates Billy, she's no, trying to find. I promise you, it doesn't matter how mad your siblings make you. You can say something bad about your sibling, but the second somebody else tries to say something, you are on their side and you're like, there's no, you're wrong. So we see the bathtub filled with ice and Max is like, that's probably chill. But then we see the blood on the cabinet and then we see the lifeguard fanny pack um, with the bloody whistle on it. And that's when you know, like, something's up, like something's bad's happening. And next, (laughs) it's Jonathan and Nancy. They're in the dark room and they're working together. He's basically developed all of the pictures of the rats from the last episode. He's being really cool. Like, Jonathan is trying to help support Nancy. He's developing these photos. He doesn't think she should go pitch this story. He thinks she's doing what she shouldn't be doing. But he's still like, all right, I'm going to develop these photos of these rats. I'm surprised she hasn't, like, brought a flashlight in there and, like, shown it all over the photos because she's so stupid. Well, you guys know our hashtag, Nancy Hates Photos. Um, Yeah. In this, or Nancy hates dark rooms. That's what it is. She hates these dark rooms. So in this episode, he's like, here's your photos. And he gives her the photos of the rats. And she's like, great. I'm going to go pitch this to the editor. And she walks out of the dark room and she leaves the door open. The door oh, is wide open. <laughs> she doesn't close it. She's just like, I'm on a mission. And whatever Jonathan needs is not my concern at this moment. Um, So she goes and she takes it to the editor. And she's trying to pitch the story about the rats and the fertilizer. And of course, they all make fun of her. And they're being really obnoxious. Like they have no interest in her story. And Jonathan comes out and he's like, hey, it's okay and she just like shoves him away she's not interested and it's like look Jonathan's trying to be cool like he's trying to step up but I don't know why I don't like the way they play the reporters this season like I mean I guess it builds up to like later in the season when they have to do all the stuff at the hospital or whatever it's also necessary for the story yeah but like it, I don't know. It just, it didn't, I don't know why it didn't seem like authentic to me. I mean, I guess I'm not living in that time and I don't really know how it was for like women back in the 80s, but it just didn't feel like. Who don't you like is the reporters, Jonathan and Nancy or the, no, pe- like the, the editor pe- staff? No, the editor staff. Oh, okay. It's annoying. I was like, ugh. Like it didn't feel, I wasn't like, oh, poor Nancy. I didn't feel bad. I was like, this seems fake. Were any of you alive in the 1980s where there were male reporters? Let Please us know. Please let us know. Is this a real thing? Where that is that accurate? It right. must be. Like the Duffers do so much research. There yeah. must be, or maybe this is like a trope in 80s movies um 
especially the Jake Busey character. He's so just like, but I guess that's like, his character. so obnoxious. I was like, how would they... Like, I, I don't know. It just didn't make sense to me. Yeah, I I just thought it was... I guess it's just trying to show why there's a rift between Jonathan and Nancy. And you have to have this whole backstory so yeah. that it moves the the actual story about the rats ahead so we get the info on the rats and Mrs. Driscoll. Yeah. But um, we're finally at the mall again with Robin. And Robin is... She cracks the code. She figures yeah, it out. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. I was just watching Reality Bites the other day. And it's weird how much she looks like her dad and her mom. Yeah. Have you seen Reality Bites? I have not. What? Sounds dumb. What? <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. I just haven't seen Winona it. Winona Ryder. Oh, she's in it? Yes. She's uh, the main girl in it uh, with Ethan Hawke. Oh, oh. Ben I know Stiller. What, I know what we were talking about. Okay, Janine Garofalo. Because I was just watching That blonde hair guy. I don't know his name. With um with Maya Hawke where she was like, it's so weird because Winona tells me all these stories about my parents and like whatever. Oh, uh, okay. I know that Kara just posted a picture saying that she was in a movie with Ethan Hawke too. Oh, uh, cool. Which was really interesting. But she had like jet black hair or was like dark brown in the picture so I didn't recognize her but... I trust that she knows it's herself in the picture. Yeah. Uh, so it's cool because Robin is, you know, solving it and she figures it out. And um, we have Steve and Erica. Or no, you know what? Wait a minute. First, Robin is like sitting at the counter and Erica comes up, right? Yeah. Because she's wanting like more peanut butter cups. And she's like, where's the ice cream man? Or where's the sailor man? What does she say? I don't remember. And Robin's like, he's busy. He's on a mission. And we've got Steve and Dustin hiding in the mall plants looking for oh, evil yeah. Russians. I don't know who this guy is that they cast. But he's so good. Like the evil he's Russian so guy. I love him. He's so funny. I should ask Carolyn about him. I bet they're friends. But especially when he goes into the workout room and he starts going, all right, ladies. Yeah. And he's, he's so funny. I'm curious if he's like a local actor, if he was someone that they brought in right. or like what happened. I'm sure he was just chosen for like his cheekbones and just like that look is so specific. And, you know, Dustin and Steve have the little fight where they're like talking about girls and Dustin's trying to say like, now that you're out of high school, shouldn't you give up those constructs and just like a girl that you like and not base it on like the fact that she's in drama or she's in band or whatever I love the one part where Dustin's talking about Robin this is in a different episode and he's like she seems cool and Steve's like she's not (laughs) (laughs) she's not (laughs) it just made me laugh really hard I think I forgot to mention that I remember saying that I laughed too I just think that's so good but yeah so they're talking about the ladies and then we switch back to the Wheeler's house and Lucas and Mike are kind of being douchey. They're like playing D&D with Will, but they're... They're like patronizing him. And it's so annoying. They're treating him like a kid. They're the same age. You guys were doing that exact same thing a year ago. It drives me crazy. I was like, that's so mean. Especially like all the stuff that has gone on with Will for the past like two years. That's what I was going to say. So in this moment... They wouldn't just do that for him and try to make it like authentic. That's what I never understand about this season is so that we all know what happens is, you know, Mike gets a call. He thinks it's the girls he runs to pick it up but it's like a telemarketer and I was like are telemarketers telemarketers start in the 80s I don't know but I guess they did and he comes back to the game and Will's like let's finish the game and he's really douchey and he's like oh here's how we can do it and he wraps it up and Will gets upset and he leaves and here's the part and we'll talk about this in a second but basically at the end of this fight that they have Will just gets off on his bike and he rides off in the rain and it's like why do people keep letting Will take off by himself people like they let him do that in episode one remember at the end of the field where he's like all right I'm just gonna go home and it's pitch black and it took us five hours to walk up the hill but I'm gonna go by myself I've been acting all weird all day grabbing at my neck and then in this fight they're like (laughs) okay I'm just gonna let you ride off into the rain upset 
by yourself like it makes no sense yeah. I mean I guess they do go follow him we do see that later Mike and Lucas go to try to get him but it's right. like right then there should have been a, a line where Mike was like Will like don't go or let one of us come with you or right. I, I guess he, he does go Will Will but it's not it's not the same he's not trying hard enough but they basically they get into this fight and Mike realizes he's being jerky and he's like well I'm sorry I'm not trying to be a jerk I just I don't want to do this anymore and then this is where we get the scene where he's like what did you think we were going to do like stay in my basement all day and play or whatever and this is where he says it's not my fault that you don't like girls now normally we wouldn't talk about well I guess we do we talk about Mrs. Wheeler and Billy all the time I was going to say we wouldn't talk about the sexuality of a character I guess of a child character but because a lot of people have brought it up in the fandom Noah has responded to it so I'm going to read you guys what Noah's thoughts are on this topic So Noah told the rap, when you hear Mike say that line, it's really up to the audience to interpret it. I kind of just interpret it like he's not ready to grow up and he doesn't really want to move on to dating and relationships yet. He still wants to be a kid and play in the basement like he did in the old times. And then there was another article that came out from On Pop Buzz where it showed the original pitch that the Duffers had made when they were kind of shopping Montauk around. And it says, Will Byers, 12, is a sweet, sensitive kid with sexual identity issues. He only recently came to the realization that he does not fit into the 1980s definition of normal that's some great insight but also i'm thinking like you were saying before like i don't know if it's really our place to talk about like the 13 year old sexuality in a tv show yeah but also the fact that he even though he would he didn't never like died he lost two years of his life he's still like what are they now 14 he's like 12 i think 12 year old boys don't like girls yet and if they do that's their fault (laughs) i think it kind of goes around with what noah was saying yeah but another thing is it's like I know that and it could be both. He lost two years of his life and maybe he doesn't like girls like you. You never know. Yeah. And I think it's really important to obviously have representation. You need to have diversity in a show. It's very important that people can see people like themselves in television. Let's let Will find out who he is and in, at a later a better, time. Yeah. And not when he's like depressed. And yeah, but yeah. that's something that the fandom and people were really talking about. And Mike said, or I'm sorry, Finn, that the line originally was, it's not my fault that you don't like girls yet. And then he also said that they did. It's not my fault that you don't like girls. So we are only bringing this to your attention because it's been in the media a lot. And so we figured if it was on the episode, we should just talk right. about it for a hot second. I guess our feelings are he is he isn't we still love will and we think right. his friends should be more supportive and not let him ride out in the rain on his own i saw something online that was like oh my gosh why does everybody have to be gay and stranger things blah 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 stuff like that and i was like <laughs> there's like one person i know exactly and it's like <laughs> well i'm sure there's many that yeah. you just don't know but like like you were saying like it's about diversity and it's not that you need to sh- like life is diversity like people are going to be like that so it's not really about like making a point to be diverse it's just that's how it was people are gonna be different it's not like a big thing yeah so get over it. Get over get it. Get over it, you people. Why are you even watching Stranger Things if you don't like love and happiness and life <laughs> and Steve's hair? Oh, Steve's oh, poor hair. Oh, <laughs> we miss it. Season four, please. Um, so Will rides off in the rain. Did you notice this? I don't know why it was set up this way, but Will and Mike are in the garage and they're fighting and there's like a car parked in the wrong direction behind them and I don't know if like so the car in the garage is like this right and then the other car is parked like this it was the first thing Josh and I noticed we were like why is this car parked there and I was wondering if maybe they were blocking the neighbor's house or they were blocking something on the other side of the street go back and watch the scene there's just a a car parked very oddly in the garage um (laughs) or on the on the 
whatever the driveway. Inside from Ash. <laughs> Guys, I know about cars. No, I don't. Um, so Will rides off in the rain and obviously Mike is calling off for him and we go to the Hawkins pool and it's raining and all the like swimmers are running. I was curious if, you know, when we talked to Carolyn, she told us that the, or she told me that the shoot had to be rescheduled because it was actually raining. And so I was curious if that day they had all the extras and everyone was already there, if they just filmed people like running in the rain or if they, they were like- with the cameras. Um, oh, you're right, you're right, you're right, yeah. you're right. Yeah, you're right. Because even those, if it's if it's sprinkling, they can put those like plastic things over the cameras. But if it's like a, even a little bit more than sprinkling, they have to bring everybody inside yeah. and cover everything. And I totally forgot that they have those rules that the minute the sky looks gray or there's thunder or lightning, there's like production you have to rules. Evacuate. It yeah. sucks. They got them somehow. They filmed some people out in the rain and they yeah. were running. And we go to Max and Eleven, and they're walking into the little lifeguard station, and they're trying to find Heather. Like they couldn't find Billy at the house, so they're trying to find Heather at the lifeguard station. Or I guess Billy too would be there. And did you notice that the cameo, the girl is. Sean Levy's daughter no the girl like um the other lifeguard I was wondering why she didn't have any lines I was like you think she would have had like right. one line like there's a whole thing about getting lines but it's like she's Sean Levy's daughter I'm sure yeah. they could give her one line maybe she just wanted to sit there and look at the magazine but they're talking to the well, life they have to give her a thousand dollars if she even gets one word in so it's possible that they were like or maybe she just didn't want a line maybe he just wanted her to be in the show yeah so they go up to the lifeguards and they're talking to them and they're trying to figure out where Heather is and they're saying, you know, she never showed up today. It's funny because on the lifeguard board, they show all the pictures of the different lifeguards and, you know, they go and they grab Heather's. They rip it off the board so that Elle can try to connect with her. But um, the extra Jack was chosen Jack. and he was up there. Yeah. He was one of the lifeguards. I was like, that's cool to go in to be a day player or a background actor and just to be chosen to be on that wall it must be pretty rad. Yeah. But they go and they go into the locker room and Max turns on all the water and Elle sits there and she goes into the void. And I love this shot. It's, I mean, I don't love the scene because it's sad, but I love the way it's shot where she sees the bathtub and Heather is in the bathtub and she raises her head up from the ice and she's like, help me. And then she sinks down and it's like the shot of Heather falling into the void upside down where she's reaching. Yeah. And then Millie or Eleven and her face is like coming through the water. Like she's trying to grab for her. It's such a beautiful shot like it's so good and it's kind of reminiscent of Barb falling back in the pool and the same with Billy in season one like when Billy's being dragged back it's kind of reminiscent of Barb like I like the consistency where they kind of like do a nod to other shots but that scene was beautiful but it was really sad because it lets you know that like Heather is donezo and then we're back and we're at with Hopper and Joyce and they're in Hawkins lab and this was really sad because they do a lot of flashbacks in this episode do you notice that like they are in this season but they go in and, and Joyce is trying to walk through and she notices Bob and he's being eaten by the Demogorgon or the Demodogs. And I'm like, so why sad. are you showing this to us again? We know what happened. Speaking of really quick, there's this, somebody on TikTok broke into the Hawkins lab Boo. and they were posting videos of them like going to all the places and like showing where like Bob was killed and everything. And I was like, that's stupid. I hope you guys get arrested. You know what's sucky about people doing that is that now they're putting major security up around everything. The, the place like Emory where they shoot used to be really cool. They'd let you go there and you could just walk around the building, not inside, um, but you could walk around the exterior and see everything and the like maintenance people would wave to you and smile to you like, hey, there's another family. But then people started being like jerks and like, oh, the door's unlocked. That means I can walk through the facility. And it's like, no, that's not what it means. You should not do that. And so now because all of those people have done that, they're putting up major security and it ruins it for future fans. Like there's some 10 year old out there who hasn't seen Stranger Things yet and they're going to watch it and they're going to want to go visit and they're going to be denied the opportunity because people did stuff like that. So guys, don't do stuff like that. It's stupid. And I'm sure there's a way that you can see it a legit way that isn't like, I don't know. I just don't know why you would do that if it was one of your favorite shows. 
shows and when you know that the people that made the show wouldn't want you doing that. Anyway, that's Tori and I off her little soapbox talking about it. But, you know, I thought one of the things that's interesting is like Joyce is in there and she's staring at the spot where Bob was killed. And I was like, they didn't need to show us a flashback. We didn't need to be traumatized all over again, seeing Bob's whole face being eaten again. Like they could have just shown the spot and we all would have known what she was looking at. We would have been like, that's where Bob died. Or I'm trying to show you her trauma, Ashley. I already know she's traumatized. I don't need to be traumatized again <laughs> while I'm rewatching it. But then they're, you know, they're going through and they're looking for, oh, I remember what it is. Joyce thinks that it's them. She's like, what if it's them? And Hopper is trying to show her that the gate has been sealed, that he watched them fill it up with concrete and no way is anybody getting through. And one of the things I think is funny, and I think I'm jumping ahead, but whatever, it's where Hopper is talking to Joyce and we guessed it. It's the part where he says, I want you to feel safe. I want you to still feel like you can call this your home. And Tori and I were like, that's either Joyce talking to Hopper or it's Joyce or Hopper talking to Elle. Yeah. But um, one of the most, like, I don't know, is a really funny comedic moment for Winona Ryder is he says, there's people here that still care about you. And she's like, like Scott Clark. <laughs> and David does this little like, like eye roll. And I just think it's so funny. It's like a really good connection I with them. I love them so much. I do too, Jopper. I feel like, uh, okay. Like I, like, I don't want them to bring Hopper back in season four because, like, I hate that they, they keep bringing characters back. They brought Eleven back. They brought uh, whatever back. Yeah. But, like, Chopper, I want them. <laughs> I think that if they bring him back, like, I think David Harbour will be in it, but I feel like if he's in it, maybe it's, like, there's a time where Elle feels really lonely and she's flashing back to when Hopper, like, they'll... Suddenly sh- Elle yeah. can bring back people from the dead. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> maybe sucks. there's another number that can do that. Zombies. That'd be tight. No. Duffer Brothers hire us to write season four. (laughs) (laughs) But no, but like, I think he'll definitely be in it. I wasn't going to mention this, but I guess I will. There was a behind the scenes video that Stranger Things did, which most most of you have probably seen, where like all the kids walked everybody around their different sets. And there was a part where they showed drawings in Noah's bedroom. And one of them was a prisoner who looks just like Hopper. I mean, it looks like Hopper in a prisoner suit. Like he's in some kind of room, he's shackled to the wall, and he's got the number on his chest 403 and a lot of people were like we'll know I'm just saying I don't know maybe (laughs) Will has like psychic powers or something but they're they're basically saying that also that's the number of Mrs. Driscoll's hospital room 403 so people are wondering like what's the significance and is that mean that Hopper's alive but again I would like to see David Harbour in the show because I feel like he's fun and I like seeing him but I do think it would be in flashbacks. I think if they bring him back, it'll just be so like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Because like, what are they going to do? It's already, they, they already they did can't it. They do like an 11 type journey where they bring her him back like the last episode of season four because presumably this is going to be the last season. So like that wouldn't make any sense. And they can't bring him back the first step. Like there's no good way to do it. Yeah. If you can think of a good way, DMS will send it to the Duffer Brothers. I'm kidding. A lot of people think he's trapped in the Upside Down and living in the Upside Down. Or a lot of people think he's the American. I definitely don't think he's the American. But I don't know. I love David Harbour. I would love to see him back. I just, I feel like bringing him back. I don't know. I don't know, guys. After that, you know, like every episode, they're always, there's like these main characters that have connected together and they're going on these different journeys. And in this particular episode, it's the same. Like they're going on these journeys. So we're back with Steve and Robin and Robin is at the ice cream shop. And this is where she figures out the code because she gets a delivery from the Lynx guy. And she's like, oh, the cat. Lynx means cat. And it's funny because that Lynx delivery guy is a co-owner of Frat Pack Productions, which is also owned by our friend Robert. That's cool. So I was like, everybody in Atlanta is just making sprinkled all over this series. Um, So she figures it out. You know, she 
she runs into the Star Court Mall into the food court and she's looking around and she sees the clock and she sees the Chinese restaurant and she sees all the different things and she's like, I figured it out. I cracked the code. I, I like how Kilby just knew like when we went and visited, she just knew to take a picture by the clock. We hadn't even seen the show yet and she just wanted to take a picture by that clock so bad. Oh yeah. She loved that clock. She, her mind is powerful. She is so smart. Like how did she know that? So basically Robin, she figures it out. She cracks the code. It's exciting. We go back to Hopper and Joyce. They're together and they have this heart to heart moment that's really sweet and we love it. And then we hear all this noise and it's Grigori and Hopper and Grigori. Oh, they yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They like fight and they tussle. And there's a part where like, I think this is in the next episode, but like Joyce runs up to check on him and she looks out and she sees the motorcycle running away. And like in the next episode, I think she's like, I got his license plate. And it's like, no, Joyce. There's no You did not get his license plate. It was so far away unless and it, it was says, raining unless his license plate is like russian you did not get it yeah it was like it was really interesting when i remember when she saw the next episode i was like There's, how did she get the license plate it was so far away and it was raining but you know whatever i'm gonna suspend disbelief Sus- yeah, suspend <laughs> and we have mike and lucas and you know it's funny because everything is kind of like happening at the same time they have like a pattern in the show that they kind of do so you know robin she figures out the code and hopper he's fighting with gregory and mike and lucas are trying to find Will because Will is at Castle Byers and he's looking at all the pictures and he's crying because he thinks his friends hate him and he gets the board or whatever emotional, he gets and he starts like smashing it up. emotional scene. And, you know, of course, Mike and Lucas come back and they're like, he's back. Will basically lets them know like the whatever, the monster is back. Yeah. How did they not know? Yeah, which is, that part was really sad. One of the things I thought was interesting was when Will was looking at the pictures, I was like, are those pictures 1980s quality? Right. Or are they like, they look good quality. Yeah. But I don't remember what pictures look like in the 1980s. That's what I said about the first season, like the Polaroids of, um. Of, oh, yeah, when they were doing the Ghostbusters? Yeah, no, 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 the first season, the Polaroids of, or the little, whatever those stupid things, the photos, the photo booth photos of Nancy and, um. Oh, yes, yes, that she had Nancy has on her wall in her bedroom. Yeah, of her and Barb. Because yeah. I was like, those look so good. And you were like, yeah, but they would have looked good in the 80s. But the reason oh, they look true. bad now is because it's been like 30 years. That's true. Actually, great point from <laughs> from 30 episodes ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, and we have Robin and Steve and they're up on the rooftop and they're trying to spy on the Russian guys, which is funny because it's like, I guess this is a theme that people always say, but like, don't these people have homes? Don't they need to Literally. go home? <laughs> It's like late. They've I been mean, at work all day Steve, and now they're up on the roof. I guess Steve is like 19, so his parents might well, not Well, his dad care. doesn't even care about him. His yeah. dad's like... Robin, I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know what they think she's doing. How are they just gone for so long? I don't know. How long is it... We're always in favor of saying they, that these are 80s yeah. kids, but it is like at a certain but point, how, they've been gone all day. How long were they gone? <laughs> like underneath the tunnels? I don't remember. Like two days? That's two days too long. It's been a minute. And there aren't cell phones. There's no way to like call. But we're not there them. yet. We're not under the yeah, tunnel yet. That's yeah, the net. Yeah. We got to get there when we get there. Okay. So basically they're, they're staring at the top. And this is the this is a great scene where Max and Elle show up at the house. And there's that beautiful shot where the two of them are standing in the door with their rain jackets on. And the door is open. And they just kind of walk in. And they're, they've realized that Billy is missing and Heather is missing. And something bad is happening. And they go into the house. And like... Taker in this scene is so Oh my god, he kills it. Good. He's they made so his good. hair like extra fluffy. Like his hair is extra fluffy. It looks like they put a gloss on his lips. He just has this weird 
Like it's Billy, yeah. but there's something it was scary. Weird. I loved it. It kind of looks like they like curled his lashes. Like if you look at him, he his face just looks different than it looks in the other things. Yeah. And I don't know if it's supposed to be like the monsters version of like perfection of Billy yeah. or something. But when he's like, "Oh, hello, Maxine," yeah. it's so, so weird. weird. It's the it's creepier than he's like when he does the like one voice. Yeah. He's just like, "Oh, hello, Maxine." Oh, this is my sister. It's just I so loved it. It was so weird. Good. And so Heather is sitting there you know and Elle comes in and she's like where's Heather and Heather comes out and she's got like she's baking the cookies and it's just very um I can't think of the movie what's the movie Stepford Wives it's just very kind of surreal like everything is surreal and at first I think that like I didn't understand that the parents were just being themselves but that they were being drugged um right because that's how the mother like falls over on the floor and then they like bash her head in or whatever (laughs) sorry mother (laughs) it's so weird how are they also never mind we'll get to that later I was gonna say how are they explaining all those deaths at the end of the season they're like everything's neat and tidy and tied up no there's a bunch of people die yeah I know but it's yeah I know that'll be how next season starts like the mass murder of in Hawkins because all those people were flayed like what happened to all those people that were flayed there was children in there yeah how do you explain that yeah general public (laughs) maybe that's why Winona had to leave that's why uh Joyce like took everybody out spoiler um (laughs) but so this is seen as significant because earlier in the episode you know Elle is spying on Billy and she kind of sees he sees her little shadow or her little whatever and he realizes someone is there and watching him and in this scene he says you know what is your name and she says Elle and you know, there's the whole scene where they interact with each other and it's really funny and Billy is just so bizarro and they are like, oh, we're so sorry. We made a mistake and they leave and, you know, Billy goes to the door and he looks out the door and they do this weird thing where like he gets cat eyes where his eyes like dilate over and over again. so weird. I thought it was okay at first because, so there's a scene where he recognizes it's her and he's watching her and then he does this flashback of like Elle when she's closing the gate at the end of season two and she's, he's, he's finally realizing like who she is. He's like, oh, that's, that's who it is. But like his eyes dilate before when he just sees her going out the door and then they close and then he has that flashback memory and then they dilate again dilate again I'm like why are they opening yeah. and closing how's the dilation happening that quick like it bothered me the but the brothers were like you know what thriller came out around this time we're just gonna throw it in well this one was uh, directed by Sean Levy so that was, that was Sean, Sean Levy was like you know Sean what Levy likes came out around this time, so I think we're just gonna throw that thing in there it's a little nod to thriller uh, but it was so good it was yeah. such a it was such a good scene and um you know what I I forgot well, we'll talk about it in a second, but basically Heather is attacking her parents and they start playing that song, Bye Bye Miss American Pie. And that song always creeps me out because have you ever seen Silence of the Lambs? Uh, yes, I have, but I don't remember that being in it. I could be I mistaken, but like, I think there's a girl and as she's about to get captured by that creepy guy that talks like this, you guys know who I'm talking about, Silence of the Lambs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Tori's doing voiceover work, guys. <laughs> Finally. Um, she's driving in her car and she's listening to that song. And I remember, uh. I remember like something about watching that movie as a kid that always like made me upset. And every time I hear that song, I think of that scene. So I was like, it's so, I wonder if the Duffer brothers were like, have you ever seen Silence of the Lambs with yeah. that creepy scene? Um, but I just felt the music worked so perfectly. And I was like, cause I'm already creeped out by that song. But you know what we forgot about is when Nancy and Jonathan went Nancy is like, you know what, I'm just, yeah, she's like, I'm just going to do the story anyway. And Mrs. Driscoll eats the fertilizer. She's like sitting there. God, that actress is so good. I hope we get her on the podcast. She's crazy famous. It's never going to happen. You never know. You never know, guys. I believe in us. 
I believe, I believe in, in Tori and Ashley. Said, I believe in us. Yes, I'm Southern. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in Tennessee, guys. Nashville. But yeah, that's the episode. And I thought it was a really great episode. I like the groups that they get together. I'm excited for season four because I want to see the different groups that they get together. Like, I like when they take characters that you think would not originally go together and then they blend so well. Who, yeah. who would some good matchings be? Um, 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 um. Eleven and Steve. Eleven and Steve. That would be tight because he would. They would be so funny together because when he saw her for the first time when she like came through the door, like everybody else was like, "Oh my god, it's Eleven. And Steve was in the background. He was like, uh, "Like who is that? Who is this girl with powers?" Yeah, I mean they only had the one interaction, right? Yeah. Where she's getting the ice cream from him and he's like, "Are you even supposed to be out?" Yeah. And they're just like, "That's what I, I think that would be cute." Um, I'm trying to think. It's hard because a lot of the characters. Like, Billy would have been good with some people, but he's dead. (laughs) Spoiler. Hopper and Steve. Steve. Just Steve. Just existing. You know, (laughs) just Steve. Maybe he got his hair cut because he's going to be Deputy Steve. He's going to take over Hopper's position. Deputy Steve. He's going to be a sheriff. That'd be cute. That was a big fan theory that that was going around. I going to be in season four because he's in, like, a bunch of TV shows now. What one guy? The deputy. The other one. Oh, yeah. That guy's really famous. He's on, like, um, Search Party or... I know you're talking about. I messaged him. I messaged really? his. Yeah, I messaged his publicist to see if he would be on the show, and I got zero response. <laughs> Shannon's publicist messaged me, and she was like, <clears throat> "She's just not doing interviews right now." And I was like, "We'll get you, Shannon. Yeah. We'll get you." Is that creepy? On the podcast, <laughs> we will get you on our podcast legally. <laughs> we'll get you <laughs> on the podcast legally. Thank you for listening to the Epson Podcast. So thanks for everything. We will be back with you soon. And oh, Tori and I have been working on something really cool. We can't tell you what it is, but when you see it, you'll know what it is. <laughs> so thanks for listening and stay strange. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the Upside Down Podcast hosted by sisters Ash and Tori. For more information, visit our website at theupsidedownpod.com. You can also contact us at theupsidedownpod at gmail.com as well as follow us on our Facebook and Instagram under the Upside Down Podcast. Episodes are released every other Monday, so be sure to subscribe. If you love the podcast, be sure to review us on whatever you listen to us on. Thanks again. Stay strange. Hey, Kobe. Hi. You got to go to Dragon Con recently, right? Yeah. What happened? Uh, we saw it Barb, we saw it the Demogorgon, we saw it two Cobra Kai ninjas. <laughs> but we also saw Mayor Klein, played by Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. We saw his daughter, we saw her dog. Oh, yeah, because he stopped the line because you were really nervous. So he took his cell phone out and he sat down on the floor with you and he started scrolling through his photos and showing you like, this is my house, this is my daughter, this is my daughter and her dog. And what else did he give you? He gave you something special, right? When he, he heard said you were in there. I was a star in season three, one. <laughs> because you were in episode one. Yeah. It was fun, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else you want to say? Yeah. What? Stranger Things. Peace out.